in an ideal world, you know, you would just put your order online and find it at a pickup point or at home when you get home, yeah. right? Wherever you are, it doesn't matter the city or anything. Mm -hmm. But you cannot do that unless you own like a huge network of warehouses. Mm -hmm. So you don't know, nobody will do that. Nobody mm -hmm. will own them. But what if we unite all of them in the same service? So that's what we started to do. Welcome to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. My name is Carlos Monteiro. I'm your host and founder of Evolve. On the Evolve Podcast, you have an unique opportunity to listen to the conversations I have with experts and thought leaders from all over the globe, where we speak about digital transformation, management, future of work, and topics that are extremely relevant for the modern leader. Before we start, I'd like to ask you to tag me on LinkedIn or Instagram, and please Please let me know you're listening to Evolve. Now let's go to today's episode and thank you so much for listening. Carlos, uh, we are here at e-commerce immersion, and I'm with uh, Bogdan Kocherio, who's the co-founder at Frisbo. So, Bogdan, thank you so much. Perhaps we should start with a brief introduction about yourself. You were recently in Argentina, having a good time, taking some holidays, some time off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you uh, started in the logistics warehousing world? Yes, thanks. Nice to be here. Um, actually, I started, uh, I got to logistics uh, from e-commerce where I got from something else. So uh, getting into logistics was kind of um, uh, an interesting thing for me because um, with no previous logistics experience, we had to look at logistics differently. We had to look at it how uh, we would want it for the ideal e-commerce uh, store. So that lead, led us to a model which is kind of unique, uh, which is challenging the market, challenging the classical e-fulfillment business. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I started in something completely else, like streaming services, and then moved to e-commerce, right. and from there moved to, <laughs> and from there moved to logistics. Close businesses, yeah, close businesses, <laughs> exactly. And uh, with Frisbo, what we did, um, we realized that the classical uh, e-fulfillment approach mm -hmm. has a problem, and the problem it has is usually what what the fulfiller does, they would want to offer you the best prices, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that they need to do economies of scale. Mm -hmm. So that means they would build a huge warehouse where to put like as many online shops as possible, right? Uh, so do as process as many orders as possible and so on. But that means that it's very hard for a fulfiller to scale outside the country, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. scale in the region, mm -hmm. uh, in the entire Europe or in the entire world, mm -hmm. on the entire continent. And that is actually the reason why there are very few fulfillers who manage to do that because mm -hmm. you, it, it's very resource intensive to build warehouse of the warehouse of the warehouse. Mm. Uh, and it also it poses another problem. And the problem is that usually as an e-commerce business, you don't really care, you know, that the fulfiller has a huge space. You don't really care. But what you care is that your order is delivered as fast as possible. Mm. So then we proposed a different model. We said, what if we would actually build uh, a fulfillment service on top of existing warehouses, like a layer, like a layer on top of existing fulfillers or other logistic centers. Mm -hmm. So that means that we could offer the sellers the possibility to split 
uh, their stock in different in different cities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In order to be able to fulfill as fast as possible each city. So in an ideal world, you know, you would just put your order online and find it at a pickup point or at home when you get home, yeah. right? Wherever you are, it doesn't matter the city or anything. Mm-hmm. But you cannot do that unless you own like a huge network of warehouses. Mm-hmm. So you don't no, nobody will do that. Nobody mm-hmm. will own them. But what if we unite all them in the same service? So that's what we started to do. And we piloted this uh, in Romania mm-hmm. and it worked out really yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. we caught on. And now we're scaling in the region, oh. and the next step would be to scale even further. You, so yeah. this would this would be a new a new approach on fulfillment. Okay, okay. You gave a very interesting presentation. Am I correct to say that you're more SaaS, a SaaS company than a, a fulfillment uh, warehousing service? Because what I understand really is that from your presentation, which was awesome, is that you're really scaling by going to the existing fulfillment centers and saying, hey, I have a solution that is going to cut down time, it's going to optimize how you can do stuff, and is that correct? That is correct, and also that will link you to a network. So basically, you would work for a seller together with another fulfiller, which normally would be your competitor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But actually, you would offer, you would be part of that seller's sales throughout the region. Okay. So the use case, the classical use case would be that, uh, let's take a huge international brand mm-hmm. that would say, I want to sell in the whole of Europe, right. right? But so what do I do? Do I put my logistics center in the Netherlands? Do I put it in Italy? Do I put it in Poland? Mm-hmm. Or do I just split between different fulfillment centers in order to actually get the best time and cost for each country? Mm-hmm. And there is no solution out there that would offer you that possibility. Okay. So that's what we're building. It's like a bridge between all of them and a single point of entry for the seller. So that means everybody uh, has to gain because the seller would have the perfectly optimized solution mm-hmm. and each fulfiller will deal with part of that seller's sales, okay. right? So you guys are today a consolidated company in Romania? Uh, yes, we, we actually came out as a startup like three years ago. Uh-huh. And yes, we expanded throughout Romania. Mm-hmm. And this year we are expanding uh, in the neighboring countries. Right. And then the plan is to expand further on. Can you please comment on, might look really ignorant from my part, but also because it's not only me who's listening to the show. What are the neighboring countries? You know, if I'm a North American okay. to the show, or Canadian <laughs> or... You know, what are the neighboring countries? Yeah. We so, have Bulgaria. Yeah, right. So, so, so where we are here now, we are in Eastern Europe, right? Okay. Uh, so what we have around us is we have Hungary, we have Bulgaria, we have Serbia. Then you move on and you have Croatia and then you get to Poland, you have Austria, and then you kind of get to Western Europe, to France, to Germany, mm-hmm. and so on. So, yeah, it's, it's for, for the listeners, you know, in the, in, in the North America or in, in South America, it's like, you know, you know how Europe is. It's split up in a lot of little countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go country by country. Mm-hmm. You know, while, while in Brazil, for instance, you have the, the Brazil is like the, the entire continent. Yeah. <laughs> and the U.S. the same and so on. So, uh, yeah, here is different. So you usually go country by country because it's specific. And what it's specific that, uh, okay, you might have a, a, a different currency. Mm-hmm. You might have different invoicing things, different taxes, and so on. So you cannot really, you know, do it from... This is also usually a stopper, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. for someone to move from one country to another. Uh, what I usually say to my Danish friends, who are usually... Uh, because they, 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 they get puzzled when I say, ah, I'm going to Romania because there is a huge market there. And there is. I mean, you have, you're about 90 million people. 
1 million online consumers, 11 million internet users. Yes. And picking up, like, it's growing by the day, right? Yes. And the thing is with uh, e-commerce in this area, I mean, you saw the numbers uh, earlier, right? So all these countries around, they're growing like uh, 35, 40% year on year exactly. in so e-commerce. Look at the region, right? Yes, yes, yes. So that's that's what's happening. It's, it's the e-commerce. Is, actually, I think this is happening everywhere or it happened at one point. No, it's biting from the traditional commerce. Mm-hmm. So then it doesn't matter how much the economy is growing or not. Still, the e-commerce is growing and growing and growing. So that's that's basically what it happens. And if you had to say, uh, if you had to say the top three trends in uh, fulfillment or key online commerce uh, in the Balkan regions or in Central Europe, if you will, what would you say they are now? Well, now what we're feeling here is stuff that uh, has already been going on in the Western Europe, mm-hmm. for instance, is that uh, you know fashion and home and decor is is okay. really on the on the rise, and also uh, because of fulfillment becomes more and more specific. For instance, we can now accommodate food products, right? Mm-hmm. So that means you can do food products uh, fulfillment, uh, which is pretty hard because you need it's. You know, there are specific standards that you have to meet, which are European mm-hmm. standards, mm-hmm. very picky on yeah, those. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, now now you can answer more and more uh, types of products. So okay. so we see that. So food is growing. Food is growing, growing. Fashion is growing. Home and deco is growing. Um, and in terms of outsourcing uh, the... Uh, Warehousing. Yeah, more and more merchants are beginning to outsource logistics. Uh, there are several reasons for that. One of them is, you know, for a merchant that is in, in Germany, for instance, and would want to sell in Eastern Europe or the other way around, it doesn't matter. The only way to properly do it is actually to go to a fulfillment center because it really makes no financial sense mm-hmm. to ship over from Germany all the way to Romania. Mm-hmm. Or the other way around. It's not competitive in terms of time and money. So uh, all the growing fulfillment centers are actually providing the means for all the sellers to be able to sell abroad. So now you've got more and more globalization Mm -hmm. at the seller's level. And that changes the market a lot. So if I'm a seller, I'm uh, Argos in the UK, and how can I be optimal to say to sell in? Um, can you give us like a roadmap? I'm, I'm the you know e-commerce director at Argos, and I'm looking at Romania, and I see that there is a potential eventually for for selling here. What 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 is the roadmap? And let's talk a little bit about yes. your company as well. Like how can you how can you be optimal in terms of logistics and you know? Yes. Well, normally if you if you look uh, here, you know, from UK. You would say, okay, I can just simply do the Romanian website, even the English website. It doesn't really matter. What I need to do is get the uh, the merchandise as close to the customers as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I can do is either start looking around for a fulfillment center in Eastern Europe and cover all of Eastern Europe from there. Mm-hmm. But I will soon discover that it's actually better. I can optimize more by using more fulfillment centers Mm -hmm. and that's where usually the problem comes because that would mean more contracts and so on and so on you have no single point of entry Mm -hmm. so that's what we are trying to do to do one single point of entry for an entire region right it doesn't matter that you're listed in uh, this marketplace or this marketplace Mm -hmm. or your own website whatever Mm -hmm. you have a single point of entry and you just simply have your best fit between fulfillment costs and delivery costs and time in each country. Regardless if you're in Poland? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. What is the single biggest challenge you see today 
um, for selling cross borders? Well, uh, you know, putting aside the cultural stuff, like you know, you're looking to <laughs> looking to another country, say I don't really know too much about that country, and so on. There are also different uh, different habits that are specific to each region. I'll give you just one example. For instance, Eastern Europe has a lot of uh, has a lot of cash on delivery, okay. right? Which is not specific to Western Europe. So when a Western European seller looks in Eastern Europe and say, "Wow, that's ninety percent cash on delivery," that's then, a great point. Yeah, it's, the, a shock, right? it's a shock, and they say, "How do I do that? Uh-huh. I mean, how do I get the money? How do how do, how do the money get into my account? I have to invest in another currency and get that." Uh, basically, it's how the entire Eastern European works, uh-huh. right? So if you want to get into the country, you need to step over the barrier. But even Germany, sorry to interrupt. Even Germany, they have a lot of cash on delivery. So we have a gentleman here who lives in Berlin, and he said it's very common. I mean, if you go to a bar like in Argentina, yeah, it's, it's cash. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting because other countries, there are countries in which it's it's pretty much impossible to pay cash on delivery because it's so expensive. The tax is so high on that. Is that it? Really, is not competitive. So for them to look over here, it's like all right, Bogdan. Uh, you don't know that yet, but we're gonna take you to Denmark. Wow, okay. <laughs> to, to deliver this speech was yeah. very high quality. And thank you so much for, for the knowledge and yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This episode was brought to you in collaboration with Highs of Media. They are an audio and video entertaining company passionate about sharing incredible stories and conversations. For more information, visit highsofmedia.com. It's H-Y-S-S-O-P-N-E-D-I-A.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast with your host, Carlos Monteiro, myself. You know, it means a lot to me that you take your time and listen to the conversation I bring to life with some of our guests. I do my best to bring the best content I can on how society is evolving. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play or iTunes and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on both platforms and I make sure to answer everyone on those platforms. No PAs, no automation. Once again, Thank you so much and stay tuned to our next episode. Thank you.